You are listening to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show. What is up? We are back here to review episode three of We Own This City. I am Caleb Ochoa, also known as NFL Caleb 22. And obviously we got back Tony Hendo and Deshaun. How y'all doing? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Chilling, bro. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Yeah, excited to talk about this episode. And um, yeah, we'll start start, uh, with overall thoughts. my overthoughts uh, were that I like this episode. Um, I feel like we're getting more and more uh, exposed of what, what's going on. And, you know, I just really like, because um, like I said, I didn't know anything about this uh, story. Uh, just like seeing all the events just roll out and how they're portraying them and how um, uh, all this is, you know, being shown. I'm really li- liking all that. Um, a part that I really liked was uh, seeing what's going on with the homicide cop suitor. Cause like I said, um, didn't know where his, his story was going in the first two episodes. So I really like seeing um, where that, where that's heading. Um, we got a lot of that in the, you know, latter part of the episode. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I like about this episode. What about you guys? Um, uh, you like go first. Okay. Um, I'm really liking it. Uh, I, I, I like how it takes us down a rabbit hole of everything that's going on. Um, I kind of labeled episode three, um, no honor amongst thieves because of what went on with the Sergeant and everything, you know, they're all shady, but he seems to be just a little bit shadier. So yeah, I'm really liking this. Yeah. I I liked it too. Um, definitely a lot more insight into, uh, different characters that I was interested in and, and the roles they played. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about it more, but overall, really, you know, I've been enjoying the series uh, <clears throat> as a whole so far, and episode three didn't disappoint. All right. Um, so, yes, the, the episode starts with uh, interviewing uh, Sergeant Allers, and it seems like in each episode, they're interviewing each one of the members of uh, the crew of this of the task force, and uh, so the interviewing about what his part was and um, going over everything he was involved in. And yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you think about uh, these different interviews? Because honestly, to me, for me, like, these are some of the best parts of the show because uh, I think they're really well uh, performed. I think um, uh, the interviews are like really tense and seeing what's going on. I, I really enjoy th- this parts of the parts of the show. And you know, I think eventually maybe we get um, to Wayne, you know, with the interview Wayne Jenkins. I can't wait to see that interview going on. But what do you, what are you guys thoughts on um, these interviews? So I thought the first interview um, they did in episode three kind of revealed that this guy, the sergeant, is to me he kind of feels like the weak link. He seems like you know being in prison is kind of getting to him the most, or um, whatever these 
uh, federal agents represented to him is kind of hitting him harder than it hit the other uh, guys they was interviewing. So I don't know. It just feels like, um, just in my prediction, he would be the one most likely to flip um, moving forward just off of his body language and how tense he seems and pissed off about being in jail. Um, obviously, I'm sure they all is, but something about uh, uh, Gandu and the other guy, they just seemed a little more cool under pressure than he did. Well, um, I, I like the way that they're doing the interviews and then backtracking as far as how their story fits into everything. Now, for some reason, I don't know. I, I, I just can identify with Al is to an extent because he really sounds like somebody that's from here even though I know he was born in DC, but he talks and acts just like the white dudes (laughs) (laughs) around here. But um, I I give, I give him a little, a little credit. It's kind of hard to say because they're all criminals, but I do give him some credit because even his lawyer was like, bro, you got a snitch. And he was like, I ain't saying nothing. Like I'm, you know, I'm taking this with me until they came in and was like, yo, such and such happened and he started to rethink things but we'll get into that but yeah I, I just like the way that they do each interview and portray each one how they all came into the situation all right and so during this interview he's talking about um his crew and how uh Herschel, after all his problems he got assigned to the task force and we see in the flashback that uh they, they go and pull over this guy and do this this whole routine that they've been doing and they you know trying to rip him off and um it's just crazy to see like because going back to the last episodes and um nicole Steele is like brings up the fact like what do you think the actual job of, of the cops is like and it shows like this like, like they're not even trying to do any really police work they're just sitting there and getting tips pulling over people and then ripping them off and that's pretty much what they did here and it's just crazy. Like, like this is just like they're not even doing. It. They're just pretty much just trying to rip, uh, rip criminals off. So I want you, uh, yeah, I just want to know your guys' thoughts about this uh, whole sequence here. So um, it, it's crazy because it, it's kind. Of, it, I guess it goes to each individual, but it's kind of hard in, in essence to judge police officers because especially nowadays, they're not really allowed to do their job to an extent because it's not about policing and upholding the law. It's about stats. It's about making your district and your commissioner look good. So they have to go out here and make up these fake arrests so that they can keep a job so that the people above them can keep a job. But the extracurricular activities, it it all stems back to police officers in essence, aren't getting paid enough. And they either have to fudge the hours or do some other stuff to stimulate that income so that they can live a life. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> they definitely bring that point up a few times in the show about, look, I'm getting out here. I'm going out here risking my life to you know keep this place safe, quote unquote. But I'm not getting paid enough to do it. So they kind of feel like they're in a situation where they have to. And I thought it was interesting to see that. Um, from the perspective of the guys under Wayne Jenkins, um, just so they kind of feel a sense of loyalty or what's the word I'm looking for? 
I don't want to say loyalty because it's not like they like him as a person, but they're doing this because they understand that they're going to get blackballed. They're going to get yeah. um, thrown to the wolves the if they don't, yeah, they don't, you know, help him out or they don't, you know, keep his stuff under wraps too. So it's kind of a hard situation, especially when you think about a new cop or somebody that's new to the force. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, do I do the right thing or do I risk getting blackballed and, you know, potentially worse messing with these dudes because at the end of the day the guys that you're dealing with they have the so whatever type of moral authority you have they have the actual authority unfortunately yeah so yeah uh, on on top of that like i went into the jenkins part where he goes into um he, he's he just uh beats up a guy just randomly for no reason just sitting on his porch and he's so protected by his bosses that they just make a joke out of it. Like, they yeah. just laugh it off like it's nothing. And they even tell him how to do his paperwork to 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 how to get away with it better. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, how do you guys feel about that part? Yeah, I saw that and I was, like, real pissed off because the way they were joking about it reminds me a lot of the same people that be in the comment section whenever it's uh, – a traumatic situation with a black person involving the police and they're cracking jokes, making saying that you shouldn't have been resisting and all this other BS when that that's exactly how that sounded to me. Like the same people that crack jokes like that on social media and online. And that's really how these officers think. And these are the people that are his boss and in charge. So he's going to continue to do it. He's not going to feel any type of, uh, remorse and consequences they got his back no matter what so it's just the type of stuff that you know people have to deal with on a daily basis and it was real, real sick to see how much of a joke they thought that was um but it was real though that's how they portrayed it yeah so it's, it's real crazy to think that you beat a man up put him in the hospital and y'all making practical jokes and his sergeant told him listen you're a top earner you're a worker so you're always going to be protected no matter what you do, but just make sure you tell the story correctly. Always tell, and they've said it before, always make make it feel like your life was in danger and you were threatened. As long That's as you do that, as long as you do that, we'll back you no matter what you did. That man was just sitting on his porch and he's telling him, go inside. Like, like he has a real problem with authority and looking weak. And, yeah. you know, you see that later on when they made fun of him with the Patron. So that dude yeah. just got some issues. And I, I want to get into that. Um, they, they seem to show these parts in the last episode. Um, they showed him with the crabs, like he couldn't afford better crabs. This episode, they said he can't ship in. And even when he goes to the strip club, he's sitting there negotiating with the stripper trying to, because he can't afford a decent lap dance, you know? Right. So I, that's why I get to, like, how do you, like, is this, like, justification of, like, why he's robbing all these people, why he needs some money? Or is it just, like, this is what, how he got led into stealing, you know? What, what do you think about that? I, I think, think it's some I, form. Oh, you want to go? There you go. Okay. I, I think it's, like, some form of little man's complex is, like, for some reason, you you feel less of a man and you got to just go out your way to start, you know, messing with innocent people. And that's the whole thing about, yeah, technically you have the authority to do certain things. You're a police officer. People have to listen to you in certain situations. But that doesn't mean you can just go around and try to punk grown ass men. That 
at their in their house. You know what I'm saying? Like this man is sitting on his porch minding his own business, and <clears throat> you gonna take time out of your day to just go and mess with him, talking about some go inside. Like he's not a threat. He's not bothering nobody. I think that's the thing that you know kind of messes with me about it is like you're going out of your way to try to punk adult men and make them feel like less of a man because subconsciously you feel like less of one for no reason at all. You know what I'm saying? It's like, now I got to have my day inconvenience. I got to get beat up. I got to get thrown around and thrown on the hood of a car because, you know, you feel self-conscious. Like, that's the insane part of it. Yeah, um, the issue is ego. It's, it's part ego and part culture. Unfortunately, we have a lot of police officers that were bullied in school. They had self-esteem issues. And then you put a gun in their hand and give them some authority and it makes them feel bigger. Now, when I say culture, I mean, it's hard to be around certain things and not succumb to it a bit. Because if you listen, every time they go around and talk to somebody else, they're like, hey, you plain clothes. How much you got in your pockets? How much you making? You know, what you getting off this? Like they keep they keep ingraining it in your head that you got to make this money. Now you see people that you work with come in after you or has been at the same amount of time and they're out here buying houses and boats and doing all this other stuff. And like you said, you can barely afford to buy a bushel of crabs. And as men, ego is the most fragile thing on this earth. So you sometimes we do what we have to do to make ourselves seem bigger than what we are. What's that? Um, I want to go back to Aller's his interview when he goes and he's um, talking to the interviewer, and uh, he says, "I would, just, you know, I'm just ripping out criminals. I want to hurt nobody, and I'll just get mine." And you see him, you see him. He, he steals money, and he doesn't tell his crew. He just he keeps all for himself. Um, and he says, "When then they tell him, well, you actually did hurt someone because that money you stole uh, was supposed to pay back the guy's supplier." And he got shot for it. Now he's dead. And yep. then that, that that's one of my, that, this one of my favorite parts of that, this episode, just his face, the way he reacted. I think the actor did a good job of just showing like, oh, shit, I, I really fucked up. You know, I, I was totally wrong. And now I realize it. So, yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on all that. Um, I thought that was like you. I agree with you. That was one of my favorite parts of the uh, episode, um, just because it showed that. Your actions, whether or not, even if you're not directly, um, <coughs> excuse me, even if you're not directly going out there and and beating somebody up, if you didn't pull the trigger yourself, your actions still impact these people and they still affect people. The same people that you're supposed to be protecting, and you know what I'm saying. At the end of the day, it all just goes back to that corruption and, and that sense of justification, like. You see how he said, I wasn't, you know, hurt nobody. I was just getting mines. Well, that's how you justify it. But at the end of the day, your actions got somebody killed, got somebody murdered in front of his kid and his girl. Like, that's insane. All because you wanted to be greedy, but no, nah, you was just getting yours. You wasn't hurting nobody, right? That's, they always come up with their own ways to justify it, bro. It's, and I'm really glad this show is portraying that, like, all the different little ways they come up with to make it seem like what they was doing was okay and make it seem like what they was doing wasn't that big of a deal. It's like, nah, it is. It's getting people killed. Like, 
that stuff is serious for real. So my thing is, like he said, him getting killed in front of his family, like that was some BS, but more, more so of where was the justification from you doing a car stop to going in this man's house? Like they didn't kind of delve into that, even though I know the police department has their back, but like, how do you go from searching my car to searching my house? Now, I, I do think that he felt remorse. You could kind of see it in his face a little bit about the guy getting killed. But my only question is, does that carry weight like it does for the rest of us? Because if I rob a, a bank or a store and somebody gets killed, I'm held accountable for that murder because it occurred during a robbery in the commission of a crime. So in the commission of his crime, that man got killed. Is he being charged with murder? I just want to know, is it, you know, are we doing the same thing for them that we're doing for civilians? Yeah. Um, so so going uh, um, back to the, the Nicole Steele and what she's going to, she interviews um, the police union and uh, they said, we're going to protect our own. And I think that's any union. I mean, any work, line of work, I don't think that's just police. They're going to protect their own. That's, that's all you That's what they do. But when does like morality come into it? Like, I mean, you know what they're doing. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if you're like acting as like lawyers or what, because I know, you know, lawyers have to defend whoever, you know, that they did it or not. But I mean, should they police union or any union uh, when it comes to like criminal activity like this, um, should they not refuse to like defend them? Or what do you guys think? I think at a certain point, a line got to be drawn. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you're getting innocent people killed or you're or some, in some cases killing innocent people flat out or just flat out assaulting them you know it's at a certain point shit just humanity got to got to kick in it's like with it goes back to the situation with Herschel like how many times are you going to let dude get away with just brutalizing people and and doing all this stuff you know what i'm saying but you guys back because y'all in the same union and like i get it like you said, every union does that, but for me, just the simplest way I can put it is that at a certain point, a line got to be drawn, and you got to have a sense of humanity. Yeah, um, you know, unions are there to protect the workers, and they they're supposed they get paid to do everything in their power to keep their people in line and from from escaping judgment for from certain things. Now, like he said, morality wise, you should know like this isn't right. We need to do something. But in this country, who is going to take a possible six-figure job where literally I'm sitting there fake investigating people and doing some BS work and going to say, you know what? Nah, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to get paid. I'm going to go home and stand on my morals. It's not going to happen. So, you know, it, it, it's not only in the police force. It's with a lot of unions. Um, but... Yeah, they're not they're not going to do anything. They're, it's just like it's just like the police chiefs and the figureheads. They know what their cops are doing. They know the crimes that they're committing and they're not doing anything. Once somebody gets murdered or something happens, you see how they all run to the side of the accused, whether they know they're guilty or not, because in a lot of instances, they have video that we don't get to see. And it shows clearly them committing a crime. But you still see them in front of the news like, yes, I stand behind my officer, da, 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 da. You know, the, the unions do the same thing and it's not going to change. 
Yeah, and she's going around talk to you know the commissioner, talk to other cops that um, you know wanted to do some, um, and they wanted to speak out. But you see how you know a guy like Jenkins is so protected. Can they do more? Like, should should they have done more? Could they have done more? Like, I, I'm not sure. Like, even if they did do more, would it even mean anything? Would it change anything? Um, yeah, how do you feel about that? Oh, I just feel like them doing more isn't going to change a thing mm -hmm. like you can you can go and do your rah-rah speeches and try to invoke change but it's not going to happen change starts from the top no matter what you do and i know that me personally i have been recruited by every police department in baltimore i passed all the tests i was going to do it but in my mind i sometimes see tv as reality and I'm not a person to take a bribe. I'm not a person to steal. But I know if I go out with certain people that do and I don't do it, now my family's in danger. My friends are in danger. So a lot of them, they want to step up, but they're afraid to because you don't know how they're going to retaliate. I've sat there and watched three of my coworkers murder a woman in cold blood. What you think they're going to do to my kids? No, I'm shutting up and I'm and I'm ranking file. Straight up, that's like, <clears throat> and I feel the same way that you feeling that bro is that's such a, a compromising situation is like you got to look out for yourself first and foremost and i know that sounds messed up to say and i know that's almost echoing something that a lot of police say but in that situation like like you said if they out here murdering people in cold blood what do you think they're going to do to me and my peoples if i end up saying something you know like that's such a compromising situation that you know I always would try to avoid, but you know, in that circumstance as a police officer, you can't because like, like you said, the people with the power are the ones that don't care. They're the ones that are going to go to bat and make sure that it's all covered up. So it's really a lose, lose situation, you know, but like you say, you can't always, you, you can't always think that TV is a lie. Like sometimes it's, they portraying the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, we'll get into the last part of the episode, which is um, a homicide cop. His name, I think his name is Suter. Yep. And Jenkins. And like I said before, like I didn't, um, the other oh, uh, last review, I was um, not sure where his, his story was going. I didn't know how he was involved. And you even said, Tony, like, Ver I think Ferris said, like, oh, he's a good cop. But you were like, questioning, like, is he a good guy? I don't know about that. And this is why, because um, they're raiding a. They're raiding the, the car wash and then they're looking for money. And then they, you know, he finds the money. He, you know, they're pretty much tearing the place apart. And then um, Jenkins, uh, you know, after they get the money, they go in the car and, you know, he's like, okay, there's your cut. And he's like, he's hesitant to take it. Like, he's now, like, you know, you know, full willing to do it. But uh, he, I thought, you know, he takes it anyways, you know. So, like, what, what what was your thoughts about the whole sequence events and how, how you feeling about Suter? So, um, he, was, he was one of the characters I was paying attention to the most to see where his story would uh, go and, like, what role his character would uh, play. So, he kind of serves the purpose of, like, that moral test because, like, if you also saw in that car wash situation, like, in the midst of uh, Jenkins tearing up the car wash, like, him and the dude was going back and forth talking trash to each other. I won't repeat what was said, but in the midst of that, it's like Suter kind of stopped him from 
going off. It looked like he was about to, you know, get ready to attack dude, even though he was sitting there handcuffed. I don't know if he was, but it was like, Shooter was the one that kind of called him off and got his attention. And then even see after that, when they talking about what to do with the bread, it's like Shooter didn't want to. You can clearly see that it's like Wayne to actively convince him to, you know, get down and, you know, stuff like that. But you can see that he didn't necessarily think he was in in the first place when they were in the bar, when he was asking the other cop, you know, can he be trusted and stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's all about trust with them. Like, and it's not even a, the good type of trust. It's can I trust you not to, you know, spill my BS if I go out here and do some effed up stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's so wild to me. But, yeah, I'm definitely liking this character a lot just just because of the role he plays and the purpose he serves. So, yeah, you know, I was I was a little skeptical on him. And even more so when he, like you said, at the bar, when he asked the other guy, you know, can I trust him? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, does he have a background or is there something that they're not telling us? But I think overall, just looking at how he does his police work, like he he's he seems to be by the book, you know, talking with the old lady. You know, he wasn't badgering her. And even at the end, like you said, at the car wash, you know, he didn't say nothing to the dude that was handcuffed. He pretty much was just looking for what he needed to find got it and wanted to be out and jenkins was like look we got this money we take this cut and keep it moving he was like uh bro i don't know now it as we see going forward there are kind of levels to the thievery because some are good with taking large amounts and some are just cool with skimming off the top yeah. so don't know if he's really a good guy or is he just better than the rest exactly um and that's the thing Oh, real yeah, quick. Right. And that's the thing with characters like that is is sometimes it could be <clears throat> it could be setting up for something bigger. Like you said, is he just better at hiding his dirt than everybody else? Because on the surface, he does look, you know, crystal clean, like, more, you know, morally proper and things of that nature. But, you know, I also thought it was, you know, interesting that scene with uh <sighs> I can't remember the girl's name that he was talking to, but <laughs> the, girl, the girlfriend. Yeah, the girlfriend mm -hmm. of whatever dude he was looking for. Um, the you know, the just shooter. The shooter. So, like I said, just that being sort of like that character that plays the role of a moral compass, as of right now, at least. Um, that's one of the reasons I like Yo for real. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how much more he was involved in and what what you know line he has set for himself of what he was uh doing and how it really all affects you know, affects him overall but yeah i just want to give your final thoughts uh over the, the episode overall if you, you know, have any other points that stood out to you now go ahead really great episode and i just can't wait to see what happened next that's all i got hell yeah i really like the episode they had dookie in it from the wire like <laughs> You know, you, you can't go wrong, keep introducing these characters, but I think it, it, I liked how I guess they're trying to humanize Suter a little bit because the um the portion that they showed with him with his wife, and he actually gave credit. He was like, you know, this little young cop did something he didn't need to do, which helped me solve my case. You know, I got I got a murderer off the street. So it kind of kind of humanizes him a little bit and kind of I guess 
I guess he's the antithesis of these bad cops. He's supposed to kind of level the playing field so that we don't come away with this as, oh, no, all of these cops are bad. All of these cops are doing dirt. So, yeah. you know, just a really great episode. Um, hopefully great stuff to come. And I don't know. We'll find out in episode four which one was better. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, tell the people where they can find you. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesus Nephew. You can find me on YouTube at Ravens Online on Gatekeeper. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at our gatekeepers. All right. And you can find me at NFLKF22 on Twitter and Instagram and uh, doing uh, reviews of the Ultimate Fighter on this channel. And we will be back uh, next time to review episode four. And hopefully Ferris will be back too. Let's meet Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, see you. Next time.